cool background you got there. You like that? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Although it's like really glitchy. Makes your muscles look small too. Well, it like makes my arms just disappear. Yeah. You all square it away? Yeah, I'm good to go. Just got to crack open another drink. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to some of you scrummed up listeners. If uh, and, uh, Probably not a Thanksgiving. And new listeners. Right? right? They, don't, they don't do Thanksgiving overseas? Am I right? I'm not sure. It's such a big holiday. They might. Those might be pre- thankful that we left and came over here. Um, so for our Thanksgiving, uh, we're not doing our regular episodes. We're actually giving you a tipsy team history. And today we're going over your boys team, Bristol Bears. Fuck yeah. Finally. The Bears. The Bears. Who the Bears. This is the worst time to do a tipsy team history for the Bristol Bears. We should have done this last year or last season. We're sucking. We can just we can just leave off this season. Gosh, this is so bad. Actually, there's nothing written down for this season because I did do it last season. I know there's nothing written down for this season, and it's fair that there shouldn't be anything written down for this season. We'll just sweep it under the rug. And even that little listens later on, they won't know how bad we did until they're like, I remember them sucking. Wait a minute. (laughs) I remember them uh, being like, like I was there in 2021. (laughs) <laughs> uh so, so uh, it's real time and you actually keep up with our podcast you know how bad bristol is sucking cock so and it's it's pretty bad it's not great our season's not it's, looking great it's not great it's a long but, season though you can still turn it around yeah you know what and you know what next year is going to be even better because of we have one good much signing. worse one good signing so far uh and we probably unknown to everybody we probably have like five people leaving it'd be our luck like Rodrada, piatau don't fucking start all right <laughs> so let's jump into this shit uh bristol bears so they were founded in 1888 as bristol rugby club which I feel like they've been that for a while, but we'll keep going on. It changes uh, though, so does it? just uh, yeah. I'll keep reading. All right, yeah, won't get no speculations up or whatever the <laughs> word is. So, <laughs> so they were founded in 1888 as Bristol Rugby Club uh, when rival clubs Carlton and Redland Park merged together. Uh, Westbury, another local club, refused to join but ended up not being able to compete, so they folded and most of the players ended up joining Bristol anyways. If you can't beat them, you join them. That's pretty fair. Could you imagine that? You're like, Westbury Park was like, no, fuck you guys. We're going to we're gonna play our own game. Like We don't need you guys. Like We're good enough. And then they have like 14 <laughs> players, and they're like, well, shit, guys. We don't have a club anymore. And like, well, we can go play for Bristol, I guess. That head coach was so fucking mad. Bristol should have been like, no, we don't need you guys. I thought you were going to play for Westbury. We don't need you. That's pretty petty. But back That's then, pretty petty. But back know. then, it was probably given. Right. So and we're talking about 1888. Yeah, this is when like, there was more like boxing and fighting than there was rugby being played on the pitch. 
Yeah, and, and it was still was it still like the separation of like I like like we're rich up people, here, poor people down here. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was so much pettiness going on. Yeah, I oh, feel like that's... they're like, oh, uh, you work at the lumber mill. Mm. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. this you is for bankers only. <laughs> bankers and business only. Like, uh-uh, not for you. This isn't a poor person's game, okay? Ooh. But it kind of was. But, yeah. <laughs> but it You're not was. rich and white. We don't want you. Uh, 1900 J.W. Jarman. Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I feel like that's a trick word because I've gotten so much names overseas wrong. Jarman just seems like it's too easy. It can't be just Jarman. I mean, it might not be, but, I mean, this guy would be 121 if he was born in 1900. So he'd be like 140 at least. I don't think he's going to be arguing. Nah, but you got to know there's one fucking Bristol historian. It's like, probably. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, we're going to redo this. We'll revisit Bristol later with a more in-depth episode. I'm sure the more we continue the show, we're probably going to revisit a lot of histories. Just well, because... I, feel, I feel bad because, uh, I mean, at 1900, when J.W. Jarman becomes the first Bristol player to earn a cap for England, I've already got like... 17 pages on Exeter at this point. So I will definitely be coming back with more information on Bristol. True, true. Uh, Well, anyways, Jarman, as you just said, becomes the first Bristol player to earn a cap for England. Well, it's only like 12 years. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Lots of skipping around because now we go to World War One. Saw the rugby stopped, of course. Uh, when the surviving players returned, they found they could no longer hold home games at the county cricket ground, ground at Neville Road, where they had been leasing previously. So they built a new stadium on a patch of ground known as Buffalo Bills Field. That is opening... dope as fuck. Right? Isn't that pretty cool? And uh, the, the first game? match at Memorial Stadium was a victory over Cardiff. So come back from the war can't play to build a new stadium so it's on the field known as buffalo bills field to open up memorial stadium and you win over cardiff which especially in that time they were like they were it like cardiff yeah. was like oh yeah cardiff in the early 1900s i mean cardiff's obviously still good but like back then they were the fucking tits it was just pinkies out yeah killing everybody though fuck yeah uh, the team had uh, had up and down success over the next 20, 30 years until the 50s when a certain fly half named John Blake, a.k.a. the most influential individual in the history of Bristol Club, joined the team and helped change the way rugby was played. Before he came to the game, uh, before he came, the game was very kick-oriented. Blake was much more interested in running and passing than he was. And we fucking play that way now. Yeah, and it, today. It, last year, yeah, we probably were, it worked. This year, uh, we're not doing the John Blake name <laughs> any any good because uh, not so much, not so much, <laughs> very bad. <laughs> <laughs> this year, it's not working. Not, not so great. Maybe slow it down a little bit. 
Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy to think about it. Like, one guy comes in and, like, all of rugby was played basically the way South Africa plays now. Kick it away, hope that their team knocks it on. You'll have the scrum advantage when the ball pops free and, you know, you wind up with it. So it's that's basically what it was. And then this guy comes along and he's like, hey, guys, what if instead of getting possession and then giving it away immediately, <laughs> we throw a couple passes and we run and see what happens? And they were like, oh, weird. I never thought of that. Nobody hangs on to the ball. What are you talking yeah. about, John? It's been done this way for 70 years. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> my granddaddy's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty nuts to, to think that. Or now, do you think they're saying that Bristol was kick oriented, or that's just how the game was played? And what I read, that's just how the game was played. Was that in general, teams were much more interested in kicking the ball away and doing the whole South Africa thing compared to just actually trying to play with the ball. Not saying they didn't ever do that, but it was just that was the preferred thing to do. So it would have been like today where you get the ball on your own 22 and you try to play out of your own 22 instead of just box kicking away. So. So. You're saying you keep referring it to the South African way. What if South Africa is just still playing rugby? <gasps> so I'm saying they're, they're, they, they never grew out of the original way to play. Uh, South there was like, no, nah, y'all just keep passing the ball around. We just we're gonna kick it again. It's like, dude, you you're on your own twenty two. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Let's see here. The early seventies were great for the club as well, especially in seventy one, seventy two, when Bristol had their best ever season. Debatable. Uh, and were crowned the unofficial England and Anglo-Welsh champions. Well, okay, well, not debatable. They, yep, got it. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> All I had to do was keep reading like half a sentence more. Uh, Bristol also set numerous scoring... Was that supposed to say records? Scoring records during this era? So the 70s were a really like offensive era i guess i mean this was when like there were just dudes running around with long poofy hair and the long shaggy jerseys just pitching the ball everywhere knock-ons were hardly ever called like you never had these you know 10 20 phases of you know crash ball and shit like that it was always just chucking the ball around kicking it knock-ons weren't called people were getting taken off the ball left and right so it really suits the way bristol played then and plays now really so in 1998, the club was relegated to Premiership 2 and almost collapsed before being saved by Malcolm Pierce. Bristol then regained their spot in the Prem 1st Division by beating Worcester 22-11 to in the 2nd Division playoffs. I see a trend coming on here. Uh-huh, lots of up and down. <laughs> uh, in 2001 and 2002, the club signed the deal with Mitsubishi Motors and were rebranded as the Bristol Shoguns. Thank God we're not How that. How fucking much. weird is that, dude? That's like, so fucking weird. Would you be a fan if you started watching Bristol, like rugby and you were like, the Shoguns, that's who I'm going to pick? Well, okay, so it's kind of debatable because when I went for Bristol, 
I had just started rugby, and I had like l- like searched rugby in live TV, like your Dish Network yeah. or whatever. And the premiership popped up whenever they're like actually not streamed. Like you can watch them on live fucking TV. Um, and it, I think it was like Bristol versus Gloucester was the first game I watched. And so that's how those two teams became my first favorite teams. It was just Gloucester was really good whenever I started watching and Bristol sucked dick. But they <laughs> played with a shit ton of heart. And um, so I think maybe... Maybe I'd probably still go for them just because that's the two teams I link with. So if they still have the name and they played the same way, yeah, like, yeah, it's fuck just, it, I'd go for them. I guess looking back at it, it just looks... It sounds fucked up. Like It I'm, sounds goofy. But, I mean, I mean, our favorite team here is the Gilgronies. So, I mean... Yeah, but I have Gilgronies because of location, not because of... Right, that's true. It, it is almost because we have to. No, we have the Sabercats, which is a way cooler name. And it's well, still I, in I Texas. Like them. I like them, too. Well, but Gilgronies is my favorite. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's just because me, I love the Austin area. They have a professional team, so why not go for that professional team in your favorite area? You know what I mean? Even though the Sabercats have a dope-ass name, but a shit-ass fucking, you know. Hey, wait, 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 though. They're well, I, be... I, I say shit team it sounds really rude to say it that way they just don't have it going for them because as we've talked about in the past they play a really good first half play a really good first half and then fall apart but this isn't about the Sabercats this is about Bristol yeah you're right it's about Bristol being the fucking Shoguns right now uh-huh. uh, so uh, yeah they were rebranded as the Shoguns uh, the first year after the rebrand, Bristol finished with the most bonus points in the Prem and had three players in the top scoring chart. Uh, after the season, however, things changed quickly. Head coach Dean Ryan uh, left to go back to Gloucester. Captain Jason Little retired, and the director of rugby director of rugby also. They lost fucking everyone. Yeah, and uh, so I guess right. what happens next? Next season? No. I mean... Uh, they, they fucking played horrible and they got relegated. Well, duh. They lost <laughs> head coach. Uh, they their lost captain. their captain. They lost the director of rugby. Sheedy wasn't playing. Andy Urin probably wasn't playing. Like, well, how do you expect that season to go? Just it... Sheedy would have been like six when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, you go from being the top scoring team in the Prem, like, and then next year they're like, eh, you're getting relegated. So, but then again, they, they bounced right back. Well, if they would have had COVID that year, they wouldn't have been relegated, just saying. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, what, what was it then? Swine flu or something, probably? In 2002? No, it wasn't swine flu. Swine flu, I was, I was pretty old to know the swine flu. I would have had it been like, Well, I say pretty old. Old enough. When the fuck was the swine flu? Are you Googling it? Oh, it was SARS. SARS was the outbreak that everybody was worried about. Severe acute respiratory syndrome. Oh. The only thing I can put close to 0102 is 911. That's about it. Uh, Swine flu was 2009. 
Yeah, swine flu was way later on. Seven years, six years. Yeah, that's way later on. So what was what was bird flu? When was bird flu? I do not remember bird flu. It's because it wasn't really a big fucking deal. Yeah, I remember swine flu being a big fucking deal. I do not remember bird flu. It's almost the same thing, I think. One was H1N1, and there was H5N1. I thought that was swine. That was H1N1. Oh. It's not relevant, though. (laughs) Fuck all the flus. That's what I had to say about that. All right, so in 2005, after only a couple years... The deal with Mitsubishi ended because they were like, well, you guys suck and you keep going and getting relegated. <laughs> uh, and Bristol was like, fine, we don't want to be the damn Shoguns. Like damn it. They were like, we don't want to be the Shoguns anyway. <laughs> so they went back to being Bristol uh, RFC. Bristol is rebranded as the Bristol Bears. Uh, they finished ninth that year, but they did manage nine wins. Um, oh, they kind of put that in there. They they kind of put that in there. Yeah. Who's they? Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So then, blah 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 blah. They did not do super great in nineteen, but in twenty twenty, they did it quite a bit better. That's when they kind of sort of turn around and get ready for that twenty twenty one season. Yeah. So the two thousand eighteen nineteen season, whenever I I started getting into it. And again, like I just just crazy. That's the first year they were the Bears too. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's when they they weren't that great. And I picked them just because, like I said, they played gloss and they played with a lot of heart. And I was like, yeah, that's probably my team. And the next year, John thought it was a fucking fluke because they've been kicking ass that season. And he like. First opening game, 43-16 to 16 against Bath. Well, it's been bad. But Bath did great that year. Um, Their whole team left this year. That's why they suck. Last year, they had a good team. Two years ago, they had a, a better team, I think. But this year, all their players went to go play for fucking France. Uh, so that year, again, they, they finished third. They went 14-7 uh, and seven with one draw. Um, point differential it was okay. It was like 104, but I mean they did pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was the start of Bristol's offense, though. Like looking pretty scary. And I think for the past three seasons since then, we've probably had the same about the same team. We've added a few extras, like yeah, the same Drogba, core players, there. though. Huh. The same core players have been yeah, there. Yeah, like like I said, Simi came in last year. Uh, who else? That Nualangi? Nulongo? I can't ever pronounce Yeah, that guy, he came in. Um, Yon Lloyd came in. Of course, we had uh, Ben Earls and Max Mallins due to loan with the series. Um, but yeah, in the 2019 2020- Season that's when they kind of started their rise again, getting that 14 and seven and one draw. Uh, they won the challenge cup, too, isn't it? No, 
well. 1920 was when they won the Challenge Cup. Now you got me guessing. I thought it was last year. I don't know. That was their first major European title, though. October 2020, so yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the same year, they also won the 2020 Challenge Cup, which was fucking weird because there was no sound on the pitch. You just hear the commentators. So every now and again. weird when they get the sound messed up like that. Oh, dude, it was so weird, man. I like, hate when it's just the sound on the pitch, though. There's no commentary. I would rather have the sound on the pitch instead of the commentators. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because, like, <clears throat> I need both. I don't know how this is going to sound, but the whole game for um, Bristol Bears in the Challenge Cup when they won, there was, like I said, no pitch sounds. All you heard was the commentators, and they'd be like, oh, that was a great pass by Harry Randall. <laughs> and I was like, dude, back off the mic. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. why are you breathing so hard? Uh, it was rough, and it, like eventually, I'm pretty sure I muted the fucking thing because it was like, to, like put something oh, else on. Like, yeah, I can't listen to you fucking breathing in my ear because I was watching on my phone, so I had headphones in. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's so bad. I just got this dude just like oh, blah, blah, blah. Was, well, that was like they had the lions test on, and um, that referee was running around and hit his mic on the whole time. He's running around, you could hear him huffing and puffing up and down the pitch, and they didn't fix it until after halftime. Okay, well, he has a reason to breathe heavy. Right, but, like, this is the, <laughs> this is the fucking Lions tour, like, and you guys couldn't, yeah, I guess so. yeah, I guess couldn't so. feel, like, just mute his mic until he had something to say? Like, damn. No, it was, that that match was really rough to watch. Um, but I got a fucking uh, program out of it, so it's fucking dope. And I got that program locked in a safe. You don't display it? What? Around my daughter? No, like no, fuck that. You put it on a wall where she can't reach it. She'll reach it. That's true, dude. My, my man cave is everything. about. My man cave is about to be sick, dude. Do what? I'm gonna get all my stuff back oh, from my man cave. Wife. Yeah, from my house in uh, California. That's all been at my mom's house since I moved out here. So gonna have a ton of stuff to bring back. <clears throat> When you go, I need you to stop by Lengthwise Brewing Company in Bakersfield. Uh, I might be going through Bakersfield. I'm not sure. I need you to stop. There's a restaurant, so like your family can eat there too. But I need you to stop and try the Nitro Coffee Stout on draft. We will see. It's God's gift. That thing is amazing. I'm just trying to get through that area as quick as possible where is it north you gotta go again paradise it's an, That's made up name. an hour no it's not yeah there's nobody names their place paradise we did yeah the only people that names their, their place paradise is like fidel castro there's um, a paradise in texas <laughs> there's a, a paradise texas well it was it you know Hey, it's not my fault. Fucking, I didn't name it. 
<clears throat> Anyways, just saying, go get you a nitro coffee stout brew. I don't want to be in Bakersfield any longer than I fucking have to. That's fair. Uh, all right, so we ended off on the nineteen twenty season. Yeah, so we just have last year, basically. So last year, oh, we didn't end. Later. We didn't. We didn't finish off the nineteen twenty because when you guys the playoffs and everything, when you lost two wasps. Okay, yeah. So we finished off. Which that was COVID it. messed everything up for that season. Yeah. So they, I mean, they won the Challenge Cup, but at the end of the the Gallagher Premiership, and the Gallagher Premiership, uh, we we. We we did pretty decent, but when it came down to uh, the end, we really we really started choking at the end of that season. Um, <clears throat> what was the final score in that Wasps game in the semifinals? Uh, we don't have to talk about that right now. What was the final score? Okay, it was um, 47 to 24. <laughs> what, what was that? It was, it was 47 to 24. Yeah. It was 47 to 24. Uh, Jack Willis, when he was playing, he was a monster. Yeah. And he, he was pretty much just shredding through Bristol's uh, offensive attacks. Like, he just no fucks given. Yeah, and then COVID hit the Wasps camp before the final, and they were talking about, oh hey, cool. Bristol might get to go play the final, and I was I was losing my shit. Um, talking to you about, it, I was losing my shit, and Wasps were like, absolutely not. We will sign anybody and everybody we can, and we'll play our backups, backups, backups. Well, I mean, game. if you think about it, so if you like look at it. That was a semifinal that was on the 10th of October. Uh, one, two, three weeks prior, Wasp also beat Bristol again, 59 to 35. So they beat Bristol, like just blew them out the water. They're not giving up that spot for somebody they beat no. twice in like four weeks. By pretty bad scores. So, yeah, yeah there was no way. But overall, um, Last year, Bristol was pretty dominant, except they hit like you know wasps. Wasps fucked them up quite a bit. Sale, they couldn't get past sale, like to save their fucking that, life. Yeah, that's play style. That's all that. That's play style. So you look at say forty to seven. Uh, that was towards the end of the uh, the year. Twenty five to twenty two against Exeter. Uh, Thirty three to twenty four against Gloucester. Happened. Um, <laughs> it was sort of like near the end of last season when it was like, it's like, damn, like our Bristol aren't really looking as good as they were earlier. Hang on, I was on the wrong season. That was twenty. That was nineteen twenty one. Nineteen twenty one. Nineteen twenty. Okay. Yeah, that was two years ago. Two right. seasons. So last season, though, 
So last season, again, we were we were actually kicking ass, but we've had speculation on that. But, you know, as a Bristol fan, I would say like we just played good, but we had Autumn Nations and we had uh, Six Nations and all that going on, and Bristol lost like two guys, three yeah. guys maybe. Not, not many. No, so we were pretty much full squad the whole time. So Bristol came out like just a fucking fire hose, man. They were just spewing points, kicking ass and taking names. And once people started coming back home, it really hurt. Towards the end of the season, they were getting their ass kicked. Um, Lots of close games. I want to say, so they dominated Gloucester pretty early on. Towards the end of the year, Gloucester was... Probably could have won that game. Yeah. Like it, it was not good. Uh, and they lost in the semifinal to the Harlequins. Uh, I, I want to say, I'm trying to remember correctly, I think Bristol was ahead in that point. And Quinn just ran it back all the way up. Just fucked them up. Wasn't it the the biggest comeback ever? I want to, yeah. So at halftime, it was twenty eight to five. Yeah, and then the end score was forty three to thirty six in favor of the Harlequins. So in the second half, they put up thirty eight points. Yeah, which is more than Bristol scored the whole match. The whole match. Yeah. But we went Worcester that year, so we couldn't get relegated. Worcester didn't even get relegated, so it's all good. It's all gravy. Yep. So that's our short history of the Bears. Next, we have our all-time 15 for Bristol, which some of these caps are a little off because I did – I did write this history down like a year and a half ago. So we should probably start updating some of the ones that we haven't done, which let me, is like, let me see if this tell me if this updates. Did it change for you? What which one? Uh our loose head, the number of caps. Um No. Okay, well I will I will update them as we we go, sort of. Yeah, it's weird, it's not. Yeah, because usually I can see where like where you have your cursor at. Huh. Weird. Alright, whatever. All right, so I'll start off on our loose head, and then um, for the caps, I guess you can just correct me. Yeah. So our all-time 15s, our loose head prop is John Afoa, uh, 46 caps, or he's definitely uh, he's, he's at 70 now. 
All right, so 70 caps as of uh, 2021. Uh, well, today in 2021. 70 caps for 70 what? 70 flat? 70 flat, yep. Uh, yeah, so 70 caps for Bristol. 36 caps for New Zealand. He's not catching anymore. But John Alfo has been a huge impact for the fucking game. Yeah. Uh, number two, our hooker, we have John Pullen. He captained England 42 times, won seven caps for the Lions, beat the All Blacks with three different sides for England, the Lions, and the Barbarians. So that dude's definitely going in <laughs> for the all-time 15. Our tight head prop is Anthony Perenice. Did I say that right? Dude, you're like our rugby liaison. Like you I have don't know. They Sound always usually say, when they say with the ISC, it's usually like Ise. So, so Paranise. Paranise? So, yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, 52 caps for Bristol and 30 for Samoa. Oh, God. I'm glad you got the next name because fuck yeah. that. Yeah, right. So uh, judging by how Will would say it, maybe it would be like, so I'm going to say it, number four, Locke, <laughs> Gareth Llewellyn. But I'm sure that's like Llewellyn. So uh, whichever one is right, if neither one is right, which is likely. Um, sorry. You all know who I'm talking about if you're a Bristol fan. Uh, he was at one point the most capped player for Wales with 92 caps. And he played 52 times for Bristol. Hey, uh, number five is the uh, lock, Joe Joyce, the king of mead. He's still playing today, going strong as fuck. Uh, I'm sure he's got more than 101 caps, right? He's got yeah, it's probably like 115 or something now. That's it? No, he's probably got way more than 150. He's got like 300 caps for Bristol. No. Well, yeah. He's Calm down, but he's got a lot. He's he got does, quite he a bit. He does have a lot. Uh, and, and the reason why is because he's the one that sucked. Stuck around during the relegation. He's loyal as hell uh, to Bristol. And in 2018, he was named uh, the Players Player of the Year. Uh, he's the one that always leans off, or leads off the Blackbird song after every win. Uh, oh, yeah. Joe Joyce, absolute number five, all-time faves. It's my boy. Yeah, he's awesome. He is awesome. Uh, six. Flanker, we've got Jack Lamb, 71 cap Super Bristol, and he captained Samoa at the 2019 World Cup. You're just saying that because he's related to, related to Pat. Samoa captain, dude. And he got 71 caps for Bristol. Come on. That's fair. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, number seven uh, is, again... Another guy that's still playing and still holding true at Steven Luatua. He has 50 caps for, well, he's probably got way more than 57 caps for Bristol now. Um, he has 15 for New Zealand. Uh, he's got 81 for Bristol now, sorry. That's it, man. I feel like. It's only a year old, so I mean, it's a year and a half old. He's got, that's a lot more caps. Now, yeah, 81 for Bristol. Uh, he's great under pressure. Big part of Bristol's current turnaround. Um, Attack-wise, this guy can still fucking do it. I mean, he's he's always 
always in the rucks, and he's quick on the pick and go. Uh, yeah, Stephen Luatua is a powerhouse when it comes to flankers. Number eight, we've got Mitch Eady, 131 appearances for Bristol. Um, and apparently now he's back um, after playing for Saints for a couple years. Uh, he's a good ball carrier and a pretty versatile forward. I think he can play across uh, the back row. What the fuck is this next name? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. One of those is silent. All right. It's the it's the T. This next name is a uh it's a trick. But he earned it. So it's our number nine scrum half, Augustine Pichot. Is that good? Is that did I get it? I fucking nailed it. it. You God, got it. What the fuck kind of name is that? I'm just kidding. Uh sixty five appearances for Bristol and seventy one for Argentina. This dude has more caps for Argentina that he has for Bristol. Right. Like he played he played a while ago though. So these players didn't just play with one team. They kind of just went wherever. So that's still a but lot this of guy fun. this guy's a legend, so good good scrum have to have. Yeah, I mean like if your all time has more caps for art like their national club than it does the club itself I mean, you just can't, yeah, you can't get better than that. Like, that's a lot of games played, considering he didn't play for probably Bristol majority of his career. So, yeah, lots so, of games. Ten, our fly half. We've got John Blake. I mean, I know you're over there rolling your eyes. Oh, it should be Sheedy. Oh. But uh, no, it's the most <laughs> influential man in Bristol's rugby history. The guy's got 339 club appearances and he scored 93 tries for the club. Oh, and he changed the way rugby was played in the 50s. So, yeah, it's going to be this guy. By the way, we're making him captain too. I'll allow it. Um, our number 11, Winger. Okay, so, Allen. Hang on. Before we get to the stats of this shit, this is real. This is supposedly... I When I read this... I looked it up more than once, checked on multiple sites. These stats are legit. Like the 339 club appearances, the 90 tries? Oh, get to this guy with his appearances and his tries. Oh, okay. All right. So the one that John wanted to warn you guys about is our number. Because it sounds fake. Alan, John's, George, Morton. Jesus Christ, can you have a longer name? Okay, Alan, John, George, Morley, uh, the man with four, <laughs> the man with four names and the strength of two men, played a record number of 519 matches and scored 384 tries for Bristol. Telling you, I looked it up, man. Sounds made up. It sounds made up. Uh, he holds a world record for more, most tries scored in first class rugby. With 479. That is a bad motherfucker, dude. That's crazy. He was actually uh, selected for the 1974 Lions Tour, but apparently didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut? To be fair, he had to compete with J.J. Williams, Billy Steele, and Andy Irvine. So, I get it. But I don't because the dude's fucking insane. (laughs) 
That is nuts. 479. So saying, those stats are five. not made up. They are real. They're not made up. What are they like? Bristol's success that year was just like give the ball to Morley. Just, yeah. Well, like, that's probably, he was probably the entire offense. Like, that had to be him. They were just like, okay, and we're going to swing it left. Oh, we got the <laughs> ball again. Swing it left. That is insane, dude. The amount, of, so 519 matches, play, or matches. But dude, look, if you look eight. at that, 519 matches and 470, he scored in almost every single game he played in. And 519 is a lot. That's a load. Good God, this doesn't sound real. But it is. But it is. That but is it insane. Is. All right, All so right. get to our number 12. So now, now uh, you know, the next four guys are going to not sound as cool because fucking he's in there. But uh, 12, our center, we've got Leonard Corbett. He was capped 16 times for England, was captain twice. Uh, played in all four matches of the Grand Slam winning campaign of 1924. So that's actually 16 caps in the 20s is actually a lot. Typically, you didn't get that many. Because if your team lost, they were like, well, fuck you guys. We're picking a whole new international squad. <laughs> like, you guys lost by two points. Fuck off. We're getting a whole new team. Our number 13 center is Jack Toby. Tovey. Heavy. You know, I don't know, man. Heavy. We're going to say Jack Tovey. Sounds more sophisticated. 190 appearances for Bristol. Hometown kid. Fan favorite and scored 37 tries for Bristol. I mean, it, you can't leave a guy off that list, but fuck, I mean. 190 appearances, man. That's That's too much. Just be like, nah, not you. That is a lot of appearances. There, okay. To be fair, there are some better players that are on that have played for Bristol, but they've only played like twenty times. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, do you take one person who was there for a season or two, but they're better, or do you take someone who was there for ten years? Yeah, I mean, Jack Toby is like, uh, um, shit. How do I just draw a blank on that? Uh, Joe Joyce. Yeah, exactly. There are much better second rows out there than Joe Joyce, but he's fucking awesome. But is there better second rows? Yeah. Ouch. Name two second rows better than Joe Joyce on the Bristol squad right now. Oh, on the Bristol squad right now? Yeah. Uh, Chris Voy. It's one. And, um... I it. don't know. Uh, yeah, are you googling it? Are you no, googling it? I was trying to see if the other one was still playing, but he's not. So Dave Atwood. They're about the same. Uh, they're about the same. Yeah. Atwood's maybe a little better. Who's definitely better though? Do what? Boy is definitely better though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But again, he's only played for them like thirty or forty times, so not gonna pick him. Not yet. If we if we redo this one in a year or two, might be him. Nah, Joe Joyce. He's got it locked in for right now. 
That's what I said for right now. That's what I said. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, you got our number 14. This is our other winger, uh, David Lemmy. 136 appearances for Bristol, and he scored 353 points. So I'm guessing he was also a kicker. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But our last and final, our 15 fullback, that is Charles Puitau, who also played with his brother, Siali, who is retired from Bristol. Uh, he has 31, well, more than 31. Uh, for Bristol, he has 17 for New Zealand. This dude, he just came in young, all-around monster. He, somebody, he, he's a, what, what do you call it, like a utility fullback? Like, he just falls in line. He can do it all, but he's this got guy, 49, 49 for Bristol. Really? Yep. Which is uh, the most appearances he's ever had for a club. Huh. Ulster had 45, Wasps had 25, Blues had 41. Last year he did, he did have some time off, and you'd see like Luke Morahan back there or something. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. But uh, he doesn't actually play a whole lot. No, but he, yeah, Charles Pultow is a guy that can really, really break through your defense. He just comes out of nowhere. You, you really have to look out for a guy like that. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that's that's why he made the top 15. He's just super dynamic. Uh, he can play the back. He can, you know, play in line. I don't uh, – I don't, I don't I would say he might not be able to play it as well as Stuart Hogg, but they – it's kind of like a different style. They can they play, play – They play very differently. If I need a fullback who's going to be covering deep and just absolutely slam that ball back, it's going to be Stuart Hogg. And they're both dangerous in open field, but am I going to trust Stuart Hogg to make a crazy offload, you know, fucking behind his back, go in the other direction to someone to score a try out of nowhere? No. Yeah. Pewtow was like, oh, Pewtow, he's running left and he's going to, he's getting tackled between two guys and he's going to throw a pass, you know, back to the right with his left hand. You know, between two defenders, to, you know, an oncoming guy. Yeah, no, he'll do that. But yeah, if Stuart Hogg's going to do that, I'd be like, no, please don't. <laughs> a solid fucking thing. You got any honorable mentions? I'll give you Callum Sheedy if you want. Wow. You're just going to throw that out there because, like, you think I'm looking for if, it? If, if it? Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Jesus. That's what it sounded like. No. I would have said Nathan Hughes um, for eight, but honestly, uh, after how he's been going this season, not That's so much. That's probably the same for Sheedy, too. I mean, Sheedy's not been doing so great this season. Uh, his kicking's been pretty far off. Well, the past couple of games have been pretty solid, but starting off the season, not so great. Um... Honestly, no. <laughs> you don't have any, like, no for CD or no honorable mentions? No, I mean, for honorable, honorable, oh, God, I'm getting drunk. Honorable mentions. Not a whole lot. 
I mean, when we do a more in-depth one, I'll probably do like a 23 instead of a 15. So. Yeah, I would probably. My only thing, I, I would probably throw like Dan Thomas in there. Don't know his stats right off the back, but he's been really good to the, to the team. Yeah. I can see that. But shit, yeah, those are our 15. Yeah, I promise to do a more in-depth one in the future. Yeah, you know. Uh, It's going to take a while. We did, like, go from, like, you know, uh, let's see. I think this was the first one I ever wrote down. I think this is the first team I ever actually did the research for. So we went from like 71, 72 to 98. So I'm saying I jumped, I skipped like decades. We haven't done that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll have a more in depth one. And you'll probably hear a lot of this shit again. But. I'll also just, find out what happened between 1950 and 1970. I'm just so fucking scared about like what you're gonna dig up because the Exeter Chief one is already oh my god, so dude, it's, fucking long. And I've been researching it for three months, and I'm just now almost out of the 70s. So, anybody that wants to know what goes into our team history, it's all John. This dude does this shit on his like time off. Like, fuck that, man. Like, not fuck that, but Jesus Christ, you got some patience, bro. Like to your the Exeter Chief ones. Oh my God, I'm that's so much shit to go over. Our Lions one was pretty long too. That was. Mm, I mean, yeah, yeah. But that was like three hours long. Oh, yeah, and I've got at least three times as much on the Chiefs already. Yeah, so like the Chiefs one is, that one's, fuck. And for like, we've already discussed it and agreed. For the Chiefs one, we're probably going to record all at one time. We're going to have to do it like late at night somewhere. Like, so we're like looking at doing like it's safe to say somewhere around nine hours of recording and then editing and then fucking uh, um yeah but especially when we get off on tangents and stuff like that yeah it's gonna be so cheese fan you better buckle up and uh if you're not a cheese fan i guess you'll just get a multiple series breakdown of how the cheese became the cheese Oh, you can find out how the Chiefs became the Chiefs really early. They're one of the first teams, actually, that ever had a nickname. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, you'll find out in uh, whenever the fuck we think we have time to do a nine-hour recording. Whenever I get done with that shit, You know what sucks more too. than recording that? Editing. Editing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I might do all the research, but you have to do all the editing, so... Oh, fuck, man. So, on top of doing a nine-hour recording, I have to do a nine-hour edit on top of that, and then break it at in the... At least. Six. It takes... If I listen to it all at once, it takes nine hours. But 
it's not going to so be. You got to stop it and cut and like, yeah, it's, dude, it's going to be. Make sure it fucking flows properly. This is going to suck. <laughs> I think you should get a guest on for the Exeter Chiefs one. I'm going to try to. Make I'm going least... to hit up Exeter and be like, look, motherfuckers. I've put in 140 hours of research on this and another 20 hours of writing and typing. Give me a fucking guest. And when we do the recap of the Bristol, like when we come back to follow up with Bristol, yeah. uh, we're going to have a guest on. I have one guest in mind. Yeah, me too. Who's your guest in mind? Same guest you're thinking of. Oh, fuck. Um, so how do we want to edit, like close this one out? We haven't done one in so long. Um, we did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> now we probably missed a bunch of shit. Oh, we, oh, you I, missed a ton. This was literally the first one I ever did. There's probably like a few of you back home that's just like, no, what the fuck? No, um, but for real, don't worry. We will do a more in-depth one. But if you we, – we are going to do a more in-depth one. And if you want to be – or if we miss anything, feel free to reach out to us at one of our emails or social media. Uh, the emails are question at scrummeduppodcast.com or everything, rugby at scrummeduppodcast.com. And if you listen to our other episodes, you know that we have guests on. One guest didn't even play for the team. They're just a huge history buff. Is that what you would call it? Right? Huge supporter. Just a supporter. Yeah. But knew quite a bit. But knew quite a bit. Yeah. Well, he'd been around for a while. Yeah. So, like, if you know a lot about Bristol and we miss some things, just hit us up. uh, Send us some notes. We'll go over it. We can talk with you. Then we can get you on the show and you can actually just. Go you over can tell us. us what's up. Yeah, like. And uh, but the only stipulation is, it's t- tipsy team history for a reason, and you gotta drink a little bit. Two drink minimum. It's like a comedy club in here. Wow. Our first interview, he didn't drink anything at all. Right, but that is a superstar. So yeah, that guy was fucking phenomenal. And it was breakfast time over there, so well, it was three for three a.m. for us. So uh... yeah, I think all around that was just a rough situation. That sucked. I'm gonna try to get him back when we do the barbarians, and he's probably gonna tell me to get fucked. I'll hit him up this time. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> But this has been our uh, Bristol Bears, Bristol RFC, Bristol Shogun tipsy team history. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next one. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody that uh, celebrates that. If not, happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you have over there. That's not it. <laughs> I think Hanukkah was on like the 28th. It's like five days, that, three days. D- off. Different, different holiday. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, yeah, ish. Happy whatever you want to celebrate. Happy fucking Tuesday. You know what? How about that? There you go. Yeah. Happy, happy whenever this comes out. Yeah. Happy whatever day you listen to. Happy that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys in the next one again. Happy holidays. So.
later.